Welcome wrestling fans from around the world to In the Ring with Brandy. I'm your host Brandy and on this show we talk about all things wrestling from AEW to Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE's Raw, Smackdown, NXT, NXT UK, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On today's episode we're going to be covering AEW's Double or Nothing for 5.30. Huge pay-per-view guys. Huge, huge pay-per-view. But before we get into that, I've kind of explained to you guys a little bit about what's been going on. Because as you guys have noticed, I've not really talked too much about New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I'm pretty sure some of you are wondering what is going on. Why have I not been speaking about it? Why have there not been, you know, episodes? What's going on? Well, guys, I'm going to fill you in right now on exactly what's going on and what to expect. First of all, for those of you who don't know... New Japan Pro Wrestling has kind of been on a hiatus as of late due to the fact of they've had another issue with the pandemic and they've kind of had to cancel a lot of their shows. So they've not really been able to have any pay-per-views, any big shows, anything like that. Their last show was in May. Now, guys, it was the beginning of May. So they've been kind of out of, you know, out of work for a little bit, but... It's just been announced. They're getting back in. They're finally being able to, you know, do it in certain arenas. You know, they're limited on what they can do over there. Kind of like us. They're a little bit limited on what they can do over there. So, they kind of had... They're getting a slow start. But they're getting back into the groove. Now, of course, for those of you who don't know, which I'm pretty sure a lot of you don't. That's that's the whole thing. Is that the last show was in May. It was May 5th was their last show. And at that time, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion was Will Offspray. He had a match against Tonga to defend his title. If he defeated Tonga, it would move on to the Rainmaker Okada to face him for the title. Well, during that match, it has been announced everywhere. If you have not seen it, go on social media and look. It is everywhere. Will Offspray was injured in that match between him and Tonga. He ended up finishing the match, of course, and then was told by medical team that he was not going to be able to compete. Goes through these whole things with tests and everything, and it comes to the fact that he's going to be out for possibly six months to a year, maybe longer. He had a neck injury. It's a severe neck injury. So because of that, for those of you who don't know, he was the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. He was also the UK Champion. Because of the injury, he's had to vacate all of his titles. Vacate them all. We wish Will Offspree a speedy recovery, and we're hoping to see him come back because that's a horror. I mean, you just started becoming, you know, just started... You're being a champ, and you get that feeling of, yay, that ultimate high, and then you fall to the bottom of the mountain. We all, all wrestling fans know that happens. That can happen at any time. (coughs) And I hate that that happened to Will Offspree because I was really getting looking forward to seeing how he would be as a New Japan champion. We wish him a speedy recovery. We hope that he returns soon and he gets a chance to be the champion again. And dominate like he has been. So we're hoping to see him soon. But as I told you guys. The reason why I'm doing this before Double or Nothing. Is because I want you guys to know. That that New Japan is back rolling. So we will be getting podcasts about New Japan. But to let you guys know. The first pay per view. Since May 5th. Is coming up on June 7th. That is. In 
JPW's Dominion. This is a big pay-per-view, guys, because this is huge because of what is going on on this pay-per-view. Of course, there's not very many people on the card because, of course, like I told you guys, they're just now getting started back up. So they kind of have to play with it a little bit. You know, they're limited on what they can do. They're limited on what you know, they're capable of doing. So they got to have to play with it a little bit. But, of course, it is on the 7th, and we do have a card listing for you guys. So I'm going to give you all guys an idea, and I will give you the results next week on Sunday on, these, on this pay-per-view. Of course, like I said, it is Dominion. The card stands as this. It is Chaos, Sho, and Yoshihashi with Ishii and Goda and Tashi versus the Bullet Club's El Fantasmo, Ishimo, Chase Owens, Tashihashi, and Evil. Guys, I'm wondering, like the rest of you, where will Jay White play into this somehow? Will we see Jay White? I'm curious to see. Because Chaos and Bullet Club right now are having a huge feud. So this is going to be an interesting thing to see. To see if this where this feud goes. This feud's been going on for a while. If you guys have not seen this, go on social media and look it up. Chaos and Bullet Club have been at each other's throats. Because Jay White, who is the leader of the Bullet Club, and Okada, who is the leader of Chaos, seems to think that one is better than the other. Truthfully and honestly, boys, you're both good. You're both good. I will give you both credit where credit is due. But Jay White seems to think that he deserves the main title. Okada wants his title back. So I can see the feud has been really good. The feud really has, guys. It's been fantastic. Then we have Los Japano, which is Bushi and Sonata and Naito versus Shogun's Doka, Jake Sabre Jr., and Tashi. This is going to be a killer show. This one here, we've never seen Shogun go against these guys. It's normally Shogun getting involved in the you know, Bullet Club thing. So to see this match with Los Japano is going to be interesting. It is going to be incredible, guys. Incredible. Interesting little match. Of course, then we have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship is on the line with El Desperado versus Yo. Not quite sure how this one's going to be because the styles are kind of different. So it's going to be interesting to see how this match goes. I'm interested to see this one. Yo is incredible. El Desperado fan freaking tastic. This guy not only wrestles in New Japan, but he also wrestles on Ring of Honor. So if you guys have not seen this guy, you need to go check him out. He is incredible. Incredible. You need to see him. And right now he is the IWGP champion. You know, the junior heavyweight champions. It's going to be interesting to see what he does. It's going to be interesting to see if Yo can beat him or not. Then, of course, we have this one's an interesting one. This one got my attention. This one I'm going to be really watching, and I really want to see how this one's going to turn out. It's Jeff Cobbs versus Kota Ibushi. Now, this one's going to be interesting because Jeff Cobbs is a lethal machine, but Kota's the same way. So, this is going to be, I mean, it's two different styles of fighting. They've been having a feud from who knows where. They just come out of nowhere. I don't know what Jeff Cobb's personal problem is with Coda, but I'm interested to see what this problem is and to see if maybe this match they can solve it. The match that I told you guys about, all you know, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship was vacated due to injury. Well, now they're going to solve it. New Japan has finally decided we're going to put two men together and let them duke it out for the title. And it's the two men that were intended to face Will Offspring for set title. 
So we have the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match for the vacated title. Tangi versus Okada. This is going to be incredible. This match is going, I'm telling you guys, this match is going to be incredible. These two guys are just, they're amazing. If you guys have not seen them, go look them up on social media. These two guys are, when they're in a ring together, either whether they're teamed together or they're going against each other, it's incredible, guys. It is absolutely fantastic. IWGP Dominion is going to be something you guys need to watch. And I wanted to let you guys know about this to let you guys get prepared for this. Like I said, it is on June 7th. It is, it's a very short pay-per-view, but they're trying to get back in the swing of things. So it's kind of, you know, going to be interesting with just this small card to kind of get everybody prepared for the bigger cards. I'm interested to see who's going to win the heavyweight title. Is it going to be Tangi or is it going to be Okada? Who knows? We don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited. I'm interested to see who's going to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Is it going to be El Desperado retaining or is Yo going to get it? Don't know. This is going to be an interesting pay-per-view and I wanted you guys to, you know, get an idea of what was going to happen so you guys were prepared for it like i said it is on june 7th guys so go check it out it's going to be worth watching i will have the results of this next week on my on one of my episodes you know so we will be looking forward to that i hope you guys will enjoy it i just wanted to let you guys know what's going on with new japan pro wrestling so you guys knew what was happening so you guys will be up to date now we're going to move on into the pay-per-view that i was talking about double or nothing for 5.30. Guys, I told you this pay-per-view was going to be epic. I told you this was... This is the big one for AEW. It is, as you would put it, the WrestleMania for AEW. It and All Out are two of the biggest pay-per-views that AEW normally has. So they got you to raise the bar every time. They set the bar higher than what they expect and they always go over it. This pay-per-view, guys, if you've not seen it, Go watch it. It's on BR Live and it's also on Fight TV International. Go watch this. This is an incredible pay-per-view. I promise you guys, you won't be disappointed. It is incredible. Of course, we had the buy-in. It started before Double or Nothing. It was Serena D, who is the NWA Women's Champion, versus Riho. I was not quite sure how this match was going to go because Serena D has a different style than Riho. So I wasn't really quite sure how this was going to how this match was going to be. Guys, this match was incredible. Incredible women's match. Perfect way to start double or nothing. It was incredible. I mean, these girls were back and forth. Serena D, she just come back from a knee injury, so you weren't quite sure how she was gonna, you know, how she was gonna do Riho Killer. It was an amazing match. Well, well, well way to represent NWA. These two women were representing AEW and NWA to the best I've ever seen in a while. Incredible match. The girls brought it. It was a great match. Of course, it did end with Serena D retaining her title. She didn't win it easily. It was not an easy match. Serena D kind of did have a little bit of a challenge. But she managed to surpass Riho and retain her title. I was impressed with this match. I was very impressed with this match. Great way to start. Like I said, great way to start double or nothing. Great way. 
Next, we have Taz came out on commentary because he, you know, his he's really good on commentary. If you guys have not heard Taz on commentary, you guys go watch AEW Dark on YouTube. Taz does commentary on AEW Dark on YouTube every week. He's amazing. He's wubby. I love Taz on commentary. Taz is great on commentary. He'll make you laugh. He gives you facts that you don't know about wrestling that you may not even have known. That you're like, hey, I didn't know that. Taz is a great commentator as well as a great manager and former wrestler. He's great. He's fantastic. But, of course, he was on commentary because the first match of Double or Nothing was Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage of Team Taz. Of course, no Team Taz. For those of you who don't remember, on AEW last week on Dynamite, he did ask Cage... Because Cage is always coming out with Ricky Starks, Hobbs, and Hook. He's always coming out with them. He asked him, "Are they really? Do you really want them to be your lackeys? Do you really want them to fight your fights for you? Why don't you come out and face me one-on-one with no team task? Prove to me, Brian, that you can beat me as yourself without help. Of course, Brian agreed to it. So we have this match with no team task. No Hook, no Ricky Starks, no Will Hobbs. It's an incredible match. Brian Cage, AEW, the pay-per-views are notorious for having some killer entrances. They have some great entrances. Brian Cage, no exception. He came out, guys, I'm telling you, looking like the Terminator. It was incredible. The suit, the, you know, it was incredible. I was in awe over Brian Cage. Brian Cage is an incredible wrestler either way. But to see him come out like that, you're like, yeah, this is cool. And, of course, guys, like I said, he is the FTW champion. FTW title has not been defended on AEW. Not quite sure where Tony Khan is going with the FTW championship, but I'm interested to see where he's going to go. But, like I said, he came out looking like the Terminator. Came into the ring like the Dominator. I mean, just literally come in there and it was an I mean, back and forth incredible match. Adam Page was actually keeping Hangman, giving props for props too. The guy's incredible. The guy is absolutely incredible. If you've not seen Hangman Adam Page, you need to go look him up. If you've not seen Brian Cage, go on social media, look them up. They Their matches are incredible. When you put the two of them together, this feud's been going on for a while. Because apparently Taz has a problem with Hangman Adam Page. Not quite sure what the problem is, but there is a problem. And so, back and forth, they've been fighting, but apparently this match kind of looked like it was going to be, you know, the end of a fight. The end of the feud between Cage and Hangman. It was an incredible match. I mean, like I said, Taz, on commentary, bad-mouthing Page... Like Taz does, but he did a great job as a on commentary, supporting you know his team, you know his team member, and you know kind of giving Paige a little bit of a talk up, a little. We incredible, of course. We didn't get what we wanted. Hangman didn't get what he wanted because Ricky decides to come out with Hook and tries to cheat. Doesn't work because Hangman's already two steps ahead of him. He, you know, but Hook gets up, distracts the ref. Ricky takes the FTW title and throws it to Cage. Cage takes a look at that FTW title and Ricky's literally pointing at it like, hit him with it, hit him with it. Come on, come on, come on. Let's finish this match and move on. He's looking at that like, no, 
I'm not going to do this. He takes the title, the FTW title, and throws it back at Ricky Starks and goes, I'm not winning that way. I made I said I, I made a commitment. I said I was going to face him one-on-one -on -one without you guys' help, and I'm going to do that. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Bravo to Brian Cage. Bravo to you for standing up for your, your, your convictions and standing up for what you said you were going to do. That shows you're a man of honor, which I like. I like that. That that impressed me. Of course, Ricky Starks wasn't happy about it. Ricky was mad that he had, you know, threw away the opportunity to win this match. Brian wasn't going to do that. He was going to win the honorable way. And I don't blame him. I would too. Of course, Hangman Adam Page did defeat Brian Cage. Now they're one-to-one. -one. We have a one-to-one -one match here. Could we get a rubber match later on to determine who really is better? Is it Ricky? Or is it Brian Cage? Or is it Hangman Adam Page? Which one is it? That's the question. It's going to be, I mean, it's interesting. It's a great way to, you know, start Double or Nothing. It was a great way. I mean, fantastic way to open Double or Nothing. Of course, Cage and Starks did get in there and get into a fight after, the, you know, they got into a fight with each other after the match because Cage didn't want to cheat. I don't blame Cage. If you make a commitment and say you're not going to do something, you stick to your guns. And Brian Cage proved, hey, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm an honorable person. I'm going to, you know, keep doing what I say I was going to do. I don't need help. I can do this on my own. Taz doesn't know what's going on. We're not quite sure what's going on, but it seems to be, to me, and maybe some of you out there in the wrestling universe, that Cage might be trying to defect from Team Taz and go on his own. Or maybe there's problems. There's serious problems and issues within Team Taz, but not quite sure what it is yet. AEW has been hinting to it for a couple months now, and we're waiting to see where this is going to spill over and where it's going to go. It's going to be interesting to see what this does. But like I said, guys, it was an incredible match. We move on to the AEW Tag Team Championship match. The Young Bucks versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Incredible entrance by Kingston and Moxley. Moxley does everything incredible. That man does nothing wrong. He comes in and everybody takes notice. Guys, like I said, double or nothing, and I'm going to tell you this again, and I'm going to say it, reveal, is like their big pay-per-view. The coolest thing about double or nothing this year compared to last year is they were performing in a sold-out crowd. Granted, it was a social distance restricted crowd, but it was still a sold-out crowd at Daly's Place, which made it even better. It made it better because, you know, you're... You, when you're a wrestler, your fans are what fuels you. Your fans is what gets you, you know, gets you hyped up. And for them to get to perform in the fam in front of the fans compared to last year, makes it a big, makes a big difference. Makes it a big deal. Fans were excited. You know, they were cheering as Moxley and Kingston come walking down through the crowd. It was a, Moxley doesn't do anything without some flair. He just doesn't. And when you add Eddie Kingston to it, it's kind of like, ooh, I like this. A little sauce to the flair. I like it. I like it a lot. It was a great entrance. The match, of course, the Bucks, they come out with Don Callis looking like, again, that they walked off GQ magazine. 
styling and profiling, of course, with their stooge. They have to have their stooge. Somewhere in the crowd is Michael Nakazawa. Gotta have him, too. Can't be without him. It's just impossible not to be without him. Brandon Cutler, their little stooge, walking around with them. Come on, Cutler. You're better than this. You know you are. You don't need to follow the bucks around like their little lackey. You're not their lackey. You're an incredible wrestler. Incredible in-ring performer. You don't need the bucks with you. You can do this on your own. But, of course, he's their little stooge. Walking out with them, they get booed. The entire arena boos the Bucks. You normally very rarely hear the Bucks get booed on anything. But lately, since they decided to turn on AEW, so to speak, they've been getting booed. They've been getting booed badly. And Don Callis, same thing. Invisible Hand is in. No, no one likes him right now. Nobody. Nobody, no AEW's fan likes him right now. Because Don, when Don comes out, there's going to be cheating involved. There always is. Either he's involved in it, or the Good Brothers come out, or Kenny Omega's involved, or the Stooge Brandon Cutler, or you get Michael Nakazawa. It's, it's, it's just a big old mess when you get them. But the match was great. The match was incredible. Moxley and Kingston really brought it to the Bucks. Really, I mean, you, you're sitting on the edge of your seat going, oh, come on, come on. There were a lot of close calls. Many times, you're, I'm sitting there, and I know you guys at home were sitting there going, they're going to get it, they're going to get it, they're going to get it, and then kick out. And you're like, what? Come on, really? You know, you, you really wanted Kingston and Moxley to finally put a one up on the Bucks. You really want that. And, I mean, it was really an incredible match. Of course, midway through the match, who comes out but Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows? And they try to sneak up on Kingston. But Kingston sees him, takes him out. Then all of a sudden, Frankie Kazarian comes out, and literally from SCU, and chases Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows out away from the ring. We're like, yay, no cheating. He got Gallows and Anderson out of there. Now we got something. Moxley literally doing really great. I mean, fantastic, incredible. The Stooge has to get involved. Brandon Cutler has to get involved and tosses a spray can in. Well, of course, Moxley sees the first one. Ref takes it out. But what Moxley doesn't see is the second one. The second one that the little Stooge throws to, you know, the Bucks. They spray Moxley in the eye. He's literally bleeding. Guys, I mean, it, 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 it was bad. It wasn't as bad as Christopher Daniels from SCU, but it was close enough. It was so bad enough that literally he tags Kingston in and he goes out. When he goes out, you know something. You know, the medical team has to go over there, get him cleaned up to where he can physically see because if your eyes are obstructed, you can't see anything that's going on. You're not aware of your surroundings. So, of course, Kingston's in for a little bit, and it's a gummy. Kingston's giving the Bucks a run for their money single-handedly on his own. He's doing a great job. Moxley comes back in. The Bucks, you know, they're making, they literally guys make fun of the Shield, which is, I'm like, really, here we go. AEW lately, guys, if you guys have not seen it, go on social media and look. Lately, the Bucks and AEW have literally been poking WWE. I mean, Poke, 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 poke. They're making snive comments. They call them the other company. That you know, they do certain things like mocking Shawn Michaels. Now they're mocking Roman Reigns. 
it's an interesting little thing that AEW's got going on with WWE. It's it's funny to watch. It's actually hilarious to watch because if you're a WWE fan, you know exactly who they're doing when they do it. And of course, Matt Jackson mocks Roman Reigns what he does before he does a spear. Come on, guys. We're not stupid. We know who you're referencing. We're not dumb. Yeah. It, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Of course, sadly, to our sad dismay, the Bucks retained the titles. Not something we were hoping. We were hoping that finally the Bucks would lose their titles to Moxley and Eddie Kingston, which would set up a good little feud that could go all the way to All Out. Not expecting. We, were, we weren't prepared. Kind of tragic that they didn't win. But you could get another good team that could come in and actually give the Bucks a run for their money and actually take them off before either All Out or at All Out. Heck, we can see Eddie Kingston and Moxley come back at All Out, blindside us, and get get the win. We don't know. We don't know exactly what's going to happen between now and All Out. It's going to be interesting to see, but the Bucks, like I said, did retain. Not happy. Not happy at all, but well, what can you do? There's not much you can do. That's just how sometimes it works. When there's a lot of cheating involved, outside interference, it's very hard for you to keep, you know, it to keep a fair fight. It's really difficult when it's the Bucks, and of course, Don Callis is happy. He's proud. Oh, they're the best tag team champ, you know, tag team champions in the world. Really? There's other tag teams out there that could probably do circles around the Bucks. I'm not saying the Bucks are good. The Bucks are incredible. But right now, mm-mm. They look like models, is what they look like. They look like little boy models coming out, you know, off of a magazine shoot. Not impressed with the Bucks. Not, and I'm a Bucks fan. I will admit I'm a Young Bucks fan, but not impressed with them. You guys may disagree. You guys may love the Young Bucks like this. Like I said, if you do, tell me on social media. I would love to hear your opinion on it. But in my opinion, I just don't. I don't like them with Don Callis. I think that Don, they need to cut Don Callis loose. Continue being the way they are, but go back to the way they were when they were in ROH in New Japan. That's the way they, that's the elite. That is truly the elite. This is Don Callis' elite, and I don't like Don Callis' elite. I just don't. It's not them. But what can you do? There's nothing you can do. Moving on. Casino Battle Royale match. I told you guys this thing was going to be hard to call. Because there are so many people. There are 21 competitors in the Casino Battle Royale. Now for those of you who don't know what a Casino Battle Royale match is. There's 21 people. Before the match starts, there are cards. Each one is set by a suit. Hearts, clovers, diamonds. It's all set by a suit. You draw your card. Whatever your card is, is the suit you're in. And it determines when you're going to go out. It's at random what suit suit gets picked first. It's totally at random. Your goal is when you get in that ring, whether there's 10 competitors, whether there's two competitors, you must throw them over the ropes. Their feet have to touch the floor to be counted out. No No submission, no pinfalls. You have to throw them out. And outside interference can be involved. I mean, there can be people who have been thrown out who get mad because someone threw them out, grab someone else and pull them over. It still counts. Your feet touch the floor, you're out. 
Paul White, of course, is a special commentator for this match. And Paul is incredible. I love him. He's incredible. He's a great commentator. Commentator. He does Dark Elevation. If you guys have not seen it, go on YouTube. It's on Monday nights. Go watch it. It's incredible. It's, I, mean, I love Paul White. He's great. But, of course, the winner of the Casino Battle Royale match gets a shot at the AEW champion, which happens to be Kenny Omega. So, whoever wins this whole thing gets a shot at Kenny Omega's title somewhere down the road. So, we start the match. Big screen up top. The cards start flipping. You're watching. You're wondering which suit's going to come out first. The card flips. It turns. First round, it's the clubs. So, we have in the suit of the clubs, Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Will Hobbs, Dustin Rhodes, and Matt Cast Max Caster from the Acclaim. Great match. Every three minutes, a new suit will pop up, and that next group will come in. So there can be uh, there can be twenty one people in the ring at one time, guys. It can get really crowded, really quick. So your goal is to get people out as fast as you can, as quickly as you can before that three minute time limit goes up and the next batch comes out. Of course, the very first one to be eliminated, unfortunately, was Matt Seidel. Not happy that Seidel got eliminated. Not happy at all. I'm a Matt Seidel fan. He was in the Casino Battle Royale match last last year. He made it. He was one of the last three competitors last year. Not happy to see him be one of the first to go. Then, of course, our second elimination was Max Caster. Sad to see Max Caster from the Acclaim go. The Acclaim is fantastic. Love to love them, love them to death. Well, then midway through, we had had two eliminated in that three-minute time limit. Three minutes roll. Here goes the cards again, flipping. Not sure which one's gonna come up next. Boom! We get our next suit, the diamonds, and the diamonds consist of Matt Hardy, Preston Ten, Nick Camarado, Sir Pentico, and Isaiah Cassidy of Private Party. Now we've got a problem. Because we've got Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy who are teamed up together in the Hardy family in the same ring together. This is going to give the remaining members a little bit of trouble, which happens to be Will Hobbs, Christian Cage, and Dustin Rhodes. Going to be a little bit harder. Plus then, of course, you've got Preston Ten, Nick Camarado, and Sir Pentico. All having to go against Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy who are going to team up together. It's expected. Of course, Sir Pentico gets eliminated third. Nick Camarado goes out. Well, he gets mad because Preston Ten is the one that threw him out. So he, in turn, from the outside, gets Preston Ten eliminated. It's getting close, guys. It's getting crazy. So then we have, of course, cards flip three minute time limit. Cards flip again. Here they go. Here they go. Here they go. Which one are we going to get in the third round? We have the Hearts. And the Hearts consist of uh, Brian Pillman Jr., of. Uh, Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison of Varsity Blondes, Colt Cabana of the Dark Order, Anthony Bowens, and Pinta Cerro Miedo. We now have our next batch. It gets really interesting because then, of course, you're sitting there going, okay, who's going to get eliminated next? Who's going next? Who's going out? Don't know. Of course, Brian Pilma Jr. goes out next. Dustin and them are still in it. You're sitting there going, ooh, this is interesting. Griff Garrison goes next. There goes the Varsity Blondes. <laughs> now what? Now what's going to happen? It gets into a crazy, you know, back and forth. So, you know, a couple others, you know, Colt Cabana goes out. 
Anthony Bowens kind of stays in it, kind of looking for them. Then Anthony Bowens goes out, and you're like, oh, man, there went both members of uh, the Acclaim. No chance of them being in it. Penta, he's doing really good. Eventually, he goes out. Here we go. Card slip again. Three-minute time limit's over. This, guys, is the final, you know, the, the final suit before we get the surprise entry. And I'm going to tell you about the surprise entry in just a second. It rolls. Flip, flip. Flip, flip, flip. Oh, it's the spades, guys. And the spades suit consists of Jungle Boy, Mark Quinn of Private Party, Evil Uno, Shoddy Lee Johnson, and Aaron Solo of The Factory. Interesting little map because here you go. You got this different set of group that, you know, some of them are having feuds right now. But the biggest problem you have is now you have Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, and Matt Hardy still in the match. What do you think is going to happen? They're part of the Hardy family. They're going to team up together and start trying to take everybody out. And believe me, they try. They literally try. They try to take out Christian. They try to take out Jungle Boy. Heck, they even go after Dustin Rhodes. It gets crazy. The back and forth, you know. Of course, first one to go out was Aaron Solo. Little sad because I do like Aaron Solo from the factory. Kind of sad to see him go out, but kind of happy to see him be involved in this match because... He will, it's, it's a good push. It's a really, really good push. Then, of course, Shoddy Lee Johnson goes out. Not happy to see Lee Johnson go out. Not happy at all. Evil Uno is the next one to be eliminated. And you're like, oh, man, really? Evil Uno of the Dark Order? Seriously? Are you kidding me? Penta goes out next. But the shocker, the whole time this match was going on, no one had seen Hobbs. Hobbs had gone under the ropes, not over the ropes. So Hobbs had been gone for a while. Hobbs comes in and starts trying to clean house. Everyone's trying to take out Will Hobbs because this guy is a big monster of a man. And he's trying to take everybody out. They managed to get Hobbs out of the match. Woohoo! Yay! Three minute time limit starting to roll. And you're like, wait a minute. We've got all the entries. No, we don't. In any card suit, there's always the Joker. The Joker, guys. The jo now, let me explain something to you guys. In every Casino Battle Royale match, we always have a surprise entry. There are 21 men in the fight, but we only know of 20. 21 is always the surprise. Last year in the Casino Battle Royale match, the surprise entry was Brian Cage. So we're kind of, you and sometimes you'll get a surprise entry that's part of the 21, you know, the 20 that you did that, you know, just, you know, came to AEW, and you're like, wow, this is cool. Like last year we had Matt Seidel. It, you, know, you never know who's going to pop up. But the 21, 21th entry, you don't know who it is. He is the Joker card. The three-minute time limit starts rolling down. You're watching that clock tick. You're waiting to see who's going to be the surprise entry for the Joker card. It, yeah, Here it comes. The card starts to spin. The Joker pops up. Oh, guys, the surprise entry was a surprise even to me because I did not see it coming. Who else? But in New Japan Pro Wrestling's very own Lilo Rush. Lilo Rush, guys, made it to AEW. The Forbidden Door blew open again and out pops Lilo Rush. This boy was incredible. He was on fire. I loved seeing him come to AEW. 
he's been incredible in New Japan. So to see him and Adam the Scale of AEW in a Casino Battle Royal match of all things, ooh, it was great. It was incredible. Of course, he eventually gets eliminated. Boo hoo. Sad because he was doing so good. Of course, uh, Mark Quinn and uh, Isaiah Cassidy goes out. Thank goodness. We all were like, yay. So it comes down to the final three. We have Christian Cage, Matt Hardy, who stands alone because he doesn't have Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy anymore, and Jungle Boy. Guys, I told y'all my prediction for last week. I told you guys my three people that I had picked. And I said it was either going to be Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, or Matt Seidel. Well, Seidel is out. My two boys are still in there. My other two picks are still in there. This fight gets incredible. Christian and Jungle Boy realize we've got to get Matt Hardy out of here or we are in serious trouble. They team together and manage to get Hardy out of the ring. He is mad. He is furious because he had been claiming he was going to win the whole thing. He doesn't. He goes out. So then we have our final two. Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage. This is is incredible. This is a match that you know, a dream match to get to see Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage dream match. It was an incredible showdown between the two of them. Incredible. You're back and forth going, "Oh, I don't know who to decide. Do I want to win? Who do I want to see win?" You know, you're you're debating. It comes down. Christian Cage goes over the ring ropes. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner is Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I was ecstatic. I, this is a great thing. Jungle Boy has been on fire in AEW right now. He has literally been on fire tearing up the you know the roster. He has been incredible. And he wins the whole thing. So he gets to face the AEW champion, Kenny Omega. This is an incredible matchup. This is going to be a great matchup. An excellent matchup. I'm excited to see where this is going to go between Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega. It, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. I'm excited to see this. Of course, Christian walks up to him. And you're not quite sure what Christian's going to do. Because, you know, Christian wanted really to you know get this win. He really wanted to face Kenny Omega. And I see where he's coming from. And I get where he's coming from. But you're not quite sure how he's going to respond to Jungle Boy. Well, you see him standing there with Jungle Boy, and the microphone is not on. But the commentary kind of explains to us what he says. He basically looks at Jungle Boy and tells him, go get that title. Win that title. This is your opportunity. Don't pass it up. Go get it. Win that title. They shake hands. They hug. Great respect. Yay. I was so happy to see it. You know, here comes Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt out there to celebrate with, you know, it was an, it was incredible to celebrate with Jungle Boy. The fans were cheering. I was cheering. I was excited about this. This was great. This was an incredible, incredible match. Of course, Christian standing up there watching. What does Matt Hardy do? Blindside Christian from behind. Who didn't see that coming? Who did not see that coming? Trying to basically steal that thunder that Jungle Boy just got. It was an incredible, incredible match. You guys may disagree. You guys might have wanted to see Christian Cage win it. And if he did, 
or Matt Hardy or any of the 21 competitors who were in it. Like I told you guys, Lilo Rush did an incredible job. Go look it up on social media. I promise you, Lilo Rush did an incredible job. It was incredible to see. Guys, it was an incredible match. You guys may not agree. You guys might have wanted someone else to win. If you do, give me a shout out on social media. Tell me your reason why. I love to hear your opinion. I love to hear your opinion on this match because you weren't sure which way it was going to go. You weren't sure who was going to win. It was anybody's game. It was anybody's you know match. Jungle Boy just happened to be at the right place, right time. That's just, I mean, in my opinion, well-deserved win, well-deserved shot. I'm happy to see him get it. So then we have the match I was telling you guys I was kind of excited about. The American Dream Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. They've been having a feud for a while. Anthony Agogo has been making it perfectly clear how he feels about Cody Rhodes. He isn't sugarcoating it. He's been publicly showing how he feels about Cody Rhodes. And it's not been a nice showing. He's not been nice by any means. Anthony Agogo is straightforward. This guy is straight fire. He doesn't care what you think or what anyone else thinks. When he sets his mind to something, he's going after it. Now, I told you guys, we weren't quite sure about this match because Anthony Agogo did say that he's been training a little too hard and he thought that he might have a broken rib. Well, it's clarified he doesn't. It's bruised. So we weren't quite sure if Anthony Agogo, if that would play a, fa a uh, factor in Anthony Agogo's and Cody's match. It's an incredible match. Anthony Agogo, incredible. This, I mean, you're not quite sure when you're going from an Olympic boxer to him coming to wrestling, how he would do. Anthony Agogo did fantastic. This, I mean, guys, go look this match up online. It is an incredible match. It is just incredible. Incredible match. Loved it. Really, really good match between the two of them. They, you know, they gave it their all. They, you know, Anthony Agogo did really well. He did some moves I've never seen Anthony Agogo do. And I was impre impressive, boy. Impressive. You impressed me. Back and forth. Not quite sure. Worried that he might, you know, he has that mean right hook. So you weren't sure if he was going to knock Cody out. You weren't sure what was going to happen. Uh, of course, Anthony Agogo did not win. American Dream, Cody Rhodes won that match. After he was done, he was out there celebrating with a sold-out crowd. It made Cody feel so good to be able to do this and to win this match in front of a sold-out crowd. It made me smile to see him win a match in front of a sold-out crowd. Props to Anthony Agogo. He did a fantastic job. It was a phenomenal match. He gave Cody a run for his money. I liked it. I was impressed with it. Like I told you guys, go look this match up. Go check out Anthony Agogo. He is an amazing performer. Looking forward to seeing what Anthony Agogo is going to do in AEW later on down the road. Looking forward to it because Anthony Agogo did really well. He really did. I, I got to give him props where props is due. Give him credit where credit's due. Great match. Great match, Anthony Agogo. Great match. Loved it. All right, now, here's the fun one. I told you guys where I stood on this match. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. The next match, of course, is the TNT Championship. 
It's Miro versus the Murder Hawk Monster Lance Archer. I told you guys last week how I felt about this match. Lance Archer, did, you know, he deserved this win. He deserved to get this title because, I mean, he's been in the business for 21 years. I would love to see him have a title other than a tag title and the IWGP United States title. I would love to see him have a title in AEW. I thought this matchup was going to be a great matchup between him and Miro. Earlier on that day, they had Fan Fest. It ran on Saturday and beginning of Sunday. Basically, it's similar to what WWE does when they do their big backstage huge party for WrestleMania. Fans come. They get to meet Razzle, meet their, you know, their favorite wrestlers. They get autographs, things like that. There's pictures taken, all stuff. Well, Miro took a cheap shot at Jake during this fan fest, taking, you know, taking Jake down, which concerned me because, again, here we go again with Miro disrespecting a veteran. I have a problem with that. I, I'm not going to go into it again. I've gone into it a thousand times. Veterans paved the way for you guys. Don't disrespect them. Give them the credit where the credit's due. I get why Miro did it. It sets up that fuel, lights that fire in the Murder Hawk monster that we want to see. Well, buddy, did it ever. Murderhawk Monster came out, and he was he was ticked. It was side of Lance Archer we've not seen since he faced Cody Rhodes. It was a nasty, nasty, nasty fight. Of course, of all the things, it's Jake's 66th birthday. So, come on, guys. We really would love to see Archer win this. Great birthday present for Jake Roberts. Come on. It's incredible. I mean, incredible match. Back and forth. Not quite sure, you know, what was going to happen. You're competing for the TNT title. You he, Last year in Double or Nothing, he competed for the TNT title against Cody and fell short. So you really don't want to see Archer fall short here. It, Archer gave, you, gave more this year than what he did last year. I mean, this man came out like a man on a mission. And he was not stopping till he plowed through Miro. He wasn't taking taking any chances. Why well, I mean, cheap shots, nothing. He was going for Miro. He wanted that title. He knew the only way to get it was to go through Miro. He knew it. He knew that was the only way. Midway through the match, Jake tries to come out with the snake in the bag. He gets caught. Jake gets the cheap shot again. Pisses Mitch Jab, you know, really pisses off the Murder Hawk monster. Goes at Miro again. Snake gets thrown across the you know, across the the, you know, the bag gets thrown across the ring, you know, over across the ramp, almost into the entrance part. It's a big old mess. Fight back and forth. Miro, of course, wins the match. I was disappointed. Very, very disappointed because really I thought this would be Archer's time to get this title and to shine. This match disappointed me more than anything because it was Miro from the start. It was Miro from the start. Miro was doing everything to make sure that Archer couldn't win. We all know Lance Archer. For those of you who have not seen the Murderhawk monster Lance Archer, go on social media, look up his matches. This man literally is a dominating force. With the blackout, the EBD claw, this man can take on almost anybody. Come on, come on. And he could take on almost anybody. This man is lethal. And to see him lose the way he lost kind of makes me a little mad because that was not fair to Lance. That wasn't fair to Jake. And the fans who love Archer so much, 
it wasn't fair to them. I'm kind of thinking, okay, maybe TK has something else in store for Archer. You know, something a little bigger than the TNT title. I don't know what it is. Maybe that's why this match was done the way it was done. I don't know, but I was not impressed with it. It was not the match I was expecting it to be. It was kind of a letdown. A lot of fans on social media have also expressed that it was kind of a letdown for them too because they kind of were looking for a little bit more of a battle than what we got. Guys, if you want to see it, go on social media and look at it. I promise you guys, you're not going to be impressed if you go look at his other matches and then look at this one. It just, to me, was not the way we know the Murderhawk monster to be. It's just not the way he is. He comes in, he dominates you know, his opponent, he walks out victor. It's just, I mean, it's just how he is, and he could have beat Miro. It was not a question of could he beat Miro. It was a question he could, I mean, he can. He can beat Miro. Just not happy with this match. Was not impressed with it at all. At all. Period. They announced All Out. All Out, guys, for those of you who want to know, it's September 5th. It will be in Chicago, Illinois. My Chicago fans who are listening on the podcast, you heard me say it. It'll be in Chicago, Illinois on September 5th. Go get your tickets. Go check out All Out. It's going to be an incredible pay-per-view. Looking forward to it. Excited to see it. Now the match I was telling you guys I was so excited about. The match I was not you know, really sure where this was going to go. The AEW Women's Championship match. Britt Baker versus, with Rebel versus Akara Shida. This match I told you guys from the start when I did my prediction. I was going with Baker. Because I thought Britt Baker you know, has this. She, you know, They've been building her up all this time. Well deserved person to get this match, you know, get this win. It would be, you know, it would be epic to see Britt get it. But on the other hand, it would be great to see Sheeta keep it a little while longer, kind of build up a little bit more of a feud between her and Britt than what we've gotten. Match was incredible. It actually made me not so mad at the TNT title that came before it. It shined. I mean, these two girls. There was a lot of emotion. A lot of emotion in this match. Because, of course, guys, Sheeta won that title last year at an empty arena for double or nothing. She won the match and won the title. There was no crowd there for her to see her win. We All, you know, all the crowd was at home other than, of course, the AEW roster. They were the only ones there that watched her win it. So it was kind of difficult to, you know, to go to transition to being a champion but she carried it so well. Through the entire pandemic, she has carried it so well. She's represented AEW on a grand scale. She really was the perfect person for that time period. She walks out to see a crowd. She always said she wanted to defend that title in front of a sold-out crowd. That's what she want, she'd have wanted to do. Tonight, she got to do it. She got to defend that title in front of a sold-out Daly's place. There's a lot of emotion. And you can see it in both her eyes and Britt's eyes. This, the realization, this is real. This is really happening. We're fighting each other in front of a sold-out arena that we never thought we would see again for the title. We're, you, we got to bring our A-game. We got to show this crowd what we can do. And these girls do. 
These girls bring it like you wouldn't believe. This match was just... It was better than Serena D's and Rehos. It really should have been main event because it was so good. I stand by my women's division. And these two girls are at the top of the women's division in AEW. They are literally on the top. They are not on the... They are dominating it. So they, of course, dominated it. Back and forth. Rebels try to cheat. Sheeta, you know, bringing her A-game. Baker bringing hers. You're sitting there the whole time going, oh, 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 what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And the best part of the whole thing was is that Britt's mother and father were there and Britt's boyfriend, Adam Cole, were there to watch this match. So this is, it even makes it even more. The stakes are even higher because you've got your family there watching you fight for this title. The stakes go even higher because you want, you want to get that big win in front of your parents and your boyfriend. You want that big win. That's what you want. So back and forth, you know, she tried to lock jaw several times. Sheeta gets out of it. it. It gets crazy. It literally is a battle of all battles between these two girls showcasing that they really are the two most dominant women in the division right now. Back and forth, not quite sure. Britt finally gets the lockjaw. And you're sitting there going, oh, oh, is she going to tap? Oh, oh, is this, is, is this the end of Sheeta's reign? Oh, oh, guess what? Guys, Sheeta taps. Britt Baker wins the title. Literally in front of everybody. In front of a sold-out crowd. Everybody is cheering. Everybody is screaming. They're excited. I'm excited for her. Her mother and father and Adam are excited. It's just an ecstatic thing to get to see her win this title. After she's worked so hard to get to this point. To get to this moment in her, you know, her career. To get that title. To call yourself an AEW Women's Champion. That to me is huge. That to me was exciting. But it's when she stands up at the top of the ramp, turns around to the crowd, and does the whole DMD. And the whole crowd does it with her. It was incredible. It was an incredible win. Congratulations, Britt Baker. I'm glad you got this. I'm excited to see what she's going to do with this. I'm excited to see where she's going to go with the women's division in AEW. I'm ecstatic to see where this is going to go. I'm looking forward to it. I, I love the reign of Britt Baker. I'm excited to see this. Very excited. Of course, then we get Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page versus Darby Allen and Sting. Darby's brothers are at ringside. Here we go again with another family members that are at ringside. And like I told you guys, when family is at ringside, you want to bring your best. You want to showcase what you can do because you want that big win in front of your family. That's what you want. It's an incredible match. Ethan Page, Sting. Yeah, it's incredible, guys. It is a mind-blowing match. This is Sting's first match, official match, in AEW in a ring. So, you, you wonder, is the ring rust? Are we going to, you know, he hasn't wrestled in a while. Sting has still got it. The man is incredible. It was an incredible match. At one point, Ethan Page literally threw Darby Allen over the over the rail, he goes into the lap of his own brothers. It, I mean, it was mind-blowing. Back and forth, not quite sure. Sting gets the win. With the Scorpion Death Lock, Darby gets the win with his finisher. They both tap out at the same time. Perfect way to end this with Darby and Sting winning. Darby and Sting. It's an incredible matchup. Incredible match, guys. Incredible team. They're I mean, they're great together. And Darby getting this, you know, this push by Sting. It's incredible to get to you. Know, 
to get to be able to wrestle with someone that you idolized as a child and you know looked up to as a child it's incredible you know you you're the re- he's the reason you're in wrestling the reason you're doing what you do putting your body and everything on the line it's incredible to get to do that so for darby to get to do that it was incredible it was an incredible match guys if you've not seen it go watch it it's an incredible match i promise you guys you won't be disappointed and sting still got it i promise you he still got it guys it's incredible it's incredible we have a co-main event very rare that we get co-main events in pay-per-views it's very rare but aew sometimes are all about co-main events they like to, you know, not just have one group, one group of people held the spotlight, but they also like to have another group of people hold the spotlight. Our first co-main event happens to be the triple threat match for the AEW World Championship: Kenny Omega versus Pack versus Orange Cassidy. And of course, when Kenny comes out, who comes out with him? But the Stooge, Don Callis. Who did I see Don Callis coming out with Kenny? When he comes out, you know. You pretty much know there's going to be some cheating involved. There has to be. I mean, there always is. But Kenny comes out shining like a penny. I mean, shining. He's got the AAA championship, the AEW championship, the TNA championship, and the Impact championship. He's draped in gold guys styling and profiling like only Kenny Omega can immediately Pat goes right at him I mean right at him Orange Cassidy hasn't even got in the ring yet it's a fight it is a battle back and forth Orange Cassidy actually surprises me because Orange Cassidy is doing what you would think Orange Cassidy couldn't do this guy is giving Kenny Omega a run for his money He's proven to Kenny and Don, I am no mascot of AEW. I am a serious threat you need to be looking at. Pay attention to me because I am a serious threat whether you believe me or not. This match, oh, it was incredible. The whole time they're trying to get Orange Cassidy out so that Pac and Kenny can have their duel that they've been trying to have against each other. You know, that one final battle to prove that, you know, who really truly is the best at the best. It's a back and forth fight. Back and forth. Not quite sure who's going to win this. Because every time they get Orange Cassidy out. And they get ready to have a fight. Here comes Cassidy again. Getting right in the middle of it. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's a killer match guys. It is a match to see. It is amazing. Absolutely incredible. Back and forth. Not quite sure. You're watching this. You're going whoa. It's an incredible match. Of course. Kenny Omega does retain. He pins Orange Cassidy with a one-winged angel. But it was not easy. Kenny had a run for his money being put in a triple threat match. It really showcased what Kenny can do. It gave Kenny an opportunity to do something that normally Kenny is not. You know, being put against two competitors... That he's not used to. I mean, he's used to fighting Pack, but he's never really fought Orange Cassidy. So to get that opportunity to fight Orange Cassidy, I mean, you've got two hungry wolves coming in for what you've got. You've got to defend it as best as you can. And believe me, it was not easy for Kenny Omega. It was not an easy win. It was a good win, but it wasn't an easy win. Showcases that Kenny can do a triple threat match, and he can dominate it. But... It, like I said, it wasn't an easy match. It was a very difficult match for Kenny Omega. Very, very difficult. Not an easy win. 
props to Kenny Omega. I told you guys, this guy's good. He is really good. He really is, in my opinion, even though I beg to differ, differ on some cases, he is the god of wrestling. He is good. He really is. I, I, only person that I could think of that may be able to top him happens to be in New Japan right now, and he is the leader of the Bullet Club. It's the only person I think that can maybe, other than Chris Jericho, that may be able to beat him. It, it, it's just, it's, it, it's, Kenny's just too good. He's just too good, guys. He's good. If you've not seen Kenny Omega, go online and look him up. I promise you guys. One match that I can bring to mind is Alpha versus Omega. Go look at it. It's an incredible match. I promise you. It will show you just what Kenny can do. It really does. Kenny is good, guys. I promise you. He really is. He's great. You guys may disagree. You do. Tell me on social media. I'd love to hear your opinion on it. I would love to hear your opinion on this match. I really would because to me, this match was incredible. It was incredible. Incredible. All three competitors, A+. Plus. Top notch. You guys did great. I was impressed. You may have a different opinion. You may not have liked the match. I don't know. It, you tell me on social media what you think. I'd love to hear what you think. Also on AEW, Double or Nothing, they announce Full Gear. Full Gear, guys, will be on November 6th in St. Louis, Missouri. If you're in if you are, which I'm pretty sure I do, have some listeners in St. Louis, Missouri, go get your tickets for Full Gear. It's on November 6th. They're announcing pay-per-views left and right, so we're kind of excited. Full Gear is another one I'm looking forward to. Guys, you heard me here. November 6th, Full Gear. St. Louis, Missouri. Go check it out. It's going to be a great pay-per-view, I promise you. Now we get on to the second co-main event match. The match we've all been waiting for. The match of the night. Guys, this match deserved to close the show. It really did. It was an incredible match. Before I tell you this match, I'm going to tell you this was an incredible match with an incredible win. It was a great match. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. You will not. I'm talking about the Stadium Stampede match. The Pentacle versus the Inner Circle. If the Inner Circle lose the Stadium Stampede match, they have to disband forever. The stakes were high. The bar was raised by the pentacle. Can Jericho and them successfully get this win? Can they actually beat the pentacle at their own game? And I told you guys, Inner Circle has an advantage because they've wrestled in the Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium. They did it last year at Double or Nothing. So they're familiar with everything in the stadium. They know where everything is. They know the layout. They know the setup. They know the rules. So they have a bit of an advantage over the Pentacle. Just a bit of an advantage because they did it last year. Now for those of you who are going, wait a minute. The wrestling in Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium... Daly's Place, guys, sits on the same property adjacent to the Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium. Tony Khan, who is the owner and president of AEW, is also an, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's why they're there. There's the connection for those of you who are scratching your head going, Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium? What? How? This is why. Because Daly's Place, where AEW has been shooting, sits adjacent 
to the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. They're side by side. There's a breezeway between the two of them. That, that, they're right next door to each other. So that's why they're doing it in Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. It starts out with, of course, a white limo riding up. Out walks MJF, running his mouth, Mr. I'm better than you and you know it. Calling out Jericho, wanting to know where they are, what's going on, where are you guys. Come on, let's get this match started. Let y'all get y'all's butt whooping that y'all deserve. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, MJ, 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 MJ. Classic MJ, running at the mouth before he's even ready. Well, he gets the surprise of his life. Because Inner Circle comes in in style. They repel. Guys, you heard me correctly. Repelled down the Jacksonville Jaguars scoreboard. Repelled, guys. One more time. Repelled. This was incredible. MJ is standing there in awe. We're all watching from around the world in awe. Bailey's place is full sold out crowd is in awe. Even the commentators are in awe over this. They repelled down the scoreboard and come full force toward MJ. MJ drops in his limo, closes the door. They're inner circles beating on the you know, they're, you know, what? You know, they're beating on the limo. You hear commentary saying, flip it over, flip it over. You can hear, you know, they just really want them to get a hold of MJF. They want him to get a hold of that little stooge and make him pay for what he's done. Of course, this battle goes back and forth. I mean, it's everywhere. You've got them all split up in different parts of Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium. One point, you see FTR and Tully and, of course, Santana and Ortiz in a club. There's people actually sitting at the, you know, the tables drinking. You got a DJ up there going. And they're having a fight. I mean, a fight. A free-for-all brawl in this club. You've got Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara in the back area where there's chairs and everything else. They're beating the heck out of each other. On the other side, you got Wardlow over here and... Hager in the kitchen fighting. They're going everywhere. I mean, it's utter chaos. MJF and Jericho, they're going all over the place. At one point, they're in the main part of the offices of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You actually see the Jacksonville Jaguars coach back there and the assistant coach, and they're handing stuff to Jericho to hit MJ with. MJ goes through glass door. MJ gets drawn across a table. He backs up into a standy, and so he's standing there, and all of a sudden you hear, uh, well, excuse you, and he turns around. Jericho's holding the standy, making the voice, hits him with the standy, which happens to be a standy of Tony Khan's dad, who was a co-owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's back and forth all through the stadium. Back and forth. They're beating the daylights. At one point, Sean Spears handcuffs Sammy Guevara. You're thinking, oh no, this is over. Without Sammy, they're in trouble. Over here, you got Wardlow literally throwing, you know, throwing, you know, Hager through a wall into another part of the kitchen. They're literally fighting at one point. Hager finds they're up on top of this little uh, golf cart. Hager throws Wardlow out. Wardlow's out. FTR fighting with uh, you know, Santana and Ortiz at an elevator. It just go, you know, it goes crazy. They're running through there. At one point, the inner circle motorcycle team is chasing them. you got... You know, all kinds of stuff going on. It's going so much action, it's hard to keep up with. But the main action is Jericho and MJF. 
Because they're literally tearing each other apart. Jericho is tearing MJ a new one. He is whooping MJ all over the place. MJ barely has a chance to recover. It's just back and forth. It gets so bad. It gets so crazy that it spills over into the upper decks of Bailey's place with the crowd. Guys, they went from the Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium, Jericho and MJF, to the upper decks of Daly's place with the crowd. They've gone that far. They are fighting up there. MJ, you think MJ's going to throw Jericho off the side? He doesn't. It's a back and forth battle. It spills over into the ring in the middle of Daly's place with Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara. This fight gets crazy. It is I mean, literally in the ring in front of everybody in Daly's place. These two guys are duking out. We don't know where Hager is. We don't know where Wardlow is. We don't know where you know FTR and Santana and Ortiz are. We know Jericho and MJF are up in the rafter, you know, up in the upper deck of Daly's place. It's down to Sammy and Sean. They're back and forth fighting. You're sitting there thinking, oh no, Sammy's going to lose. This can't be good. He's against the chairman, Sean Spears. It gets crazy. Sean, of course, brings in a chair, props the chair up in between the ropes, and you think he's going to do what he did before earlier and a couple of months ago and throw Sammy into the chair. No. Sammy gets Sean, has his arms pinned back, has him facing the chair, and you hear Sean going, no, Sammy, no, no, Sammy, don't do it. He rams Sean Spears' face into that chair, rolls Sean over, one, two, three. Guys, Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara, the Spanish God, gets the win for the inner circle. To me, that was incredible. That was a moment that Sammy will never forget. He got the win for Inner Circle. Here comes the rest of Inner Circle down there celebrating with Sammy. The crowd is celebrating. Everybody's cheering. It's exciting. You know, you're like, yay, we don't get to see the Inner Circle disband. It's exciting. It ends with the Inner Circle standing there with their patent little flipping the camera off. Incredible way to end Double or Nothing with Inner Circle and Sammy Guevara getting the win. That, to me, was incredible. Perfect way to end Double or Nothing with the inner circle getting the win. Perfect. Now, there was an interesting little tidbit that I wanted to do to tell you guys about. AEW is all about announcing big things. They're all about announcing new competitors coming in. They're all about announcing new stuff. They told us about AEW Dark Elevation on AEW Dynamite a few, about three years, about four or five months ago, they told us about this, and they introduced us to Paul White, who was going to be the new commentator. For those of you who don't know who Paul White is, he's also known, and you'll know here in a second, as Big Show from WWE. He's gone to Paul White. So, you know, he's the commentator for AEW Dark Elevation, which is on YouTube. AEW has done it again. This time they did it at Double or Nothing. They announced that starting August 13th at 10 p.m. on TNT on Friday nights, we are going to get AEW Rampage, a new new series, new little series, the sister sister one to AEW Dynamite. It starts again, guys, August 13th on TNT at 10 o'clock. We have an announcement for a new consultant. 
and possible commentator for AEW Rampage. Guess what, guys? I told you they're all about announcing new people coming to AEW. And to me, this was a huge announcement. To me, I was excited to hear this. Their new consultant is none other than the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. You guys heard me right. Mark Henry. We now have Mark Henry and AEW. Things are starting to look up for AEW. They're starting to get some really great competitors. Excited, ecstatic, can't wait to see Rampage on August 13th. Can't wait to see what Mark Henry is going to do with AEW. I'm excited to see this. I'm ecstatic. Very ecstatic to see this. This is going to be good. Again, guys, I want to thank you guys for listening. Without you guys, there would be no In the Ring with Brandy. You guys are the reason that I'm here. You guys are the reason that I do this every week. Because without you guys, you're the fans. You have the same passion and fire that I do for wrestling. So without you guys, like I said, there would be no me. So I appreciate it. Remember, guys, follow me on social media. Hit me up on social media. Tell me what you think. You want to talk about AEW? You want to talk about anything that's going on in wrestling right now? Anything in the wrestling world? I would love to hear what you guys have got to say. On my social media, on my Facebook, on my Twitter, at Wrestling Nights, Nights ending with a Z, and on my Instagram at In the Ring with Brandy. I would love to hear what you guys have to say because I value your comments. Like I said, it doesn't have to be about Devil or Nothing. It can be about anything going on in the wrestling world right now. Anything you guys want to talk about, any topics you guys might have, I would love any thoughts. I would love to hear from you guys. Like I said, I appreciate you guys. I don't, yeah, you know, I don't say it enough, and I'm gonna say it one more time. I appreciate you guys for listening because without you guys, there would be no me. I, I, I really appreciate it. I really do. And guys, I guess we will see you next time with more wrestling action. Have a wonderful night, guys. Thank you so much.